May I say what a great pleasure it is to be here again at the ploughing. And I just want to say that it's such a pleasure to... Every year, Sabina and I have attended the championships. We're struck by the sheer scale of the gathering that is known far and wide at home and abroad as the ploughing. People would say, are you going to the ploughing again this year? And why wouldn't they? Because the skills and ability of those who are involved are just part of the Irish genius. 340 competitions. And I do agree with the chairman that the important thing is to make a visit to the plots to see what it started out all about and what it is today. But the remarkable success of the ploughing is, of course, a great testament to the dedication of the managing director of the National Ploughing Association, Anna Mae McHugh, who for four decades now has demonstrated unfaltering commitment, professionalism, then scoff, and energy to the ploughing. Each successive year... There she is. Each successive year under her leadership, the championships have expanded and achieved excellence with ever more exhibitors, more than 1,700. And I think as well, Last year, 291,000 visitors. And today is a great day. You're starting off very well. But they are, of course, a collective endeavour, as Anna May would point out, involving the cooperation and partnership of Offaly County Council and Garda Shikona and hundreds of volunteers from all over the country. And I was asking about who judges these competitions. There are judges, 60 judges, supervisors, stewards, people who help in so many different ways. And it's always important when you're going on to the land to realise who is our host. Joe Grogan, who made 800 acres available for ploughing exhibitions and parking. Mila Buikas, the, the Joe, come on. <laughs> now, not far from here in this part of the country, there was very, I think... During the last few years, we've been really looking back as well as looking forward. And among the people who were, I think, most important in speaking about Ireland and what we should try to attend was James Finton Lawler. James Finton Lawler said that it was the right of the people of Ireland to live in, la in their land in security, comfort and independence. And when he was speaking about freedom, he said... To, his own words, we should seek to found a new nation and raise up a free people and strong as well as free and secure as well as strong based on a people rooted like rocks in the soil of this land. Well, every time you come to the ploughing, I remember coming very early on a few years ago, just when we were in the midst of our economic crisis. And I think the people who came to the ploughing that year said, well, we're coming to the real economy. If it was the speculative economy that created our problems, it would be the real economy, economy that would, see, would help us to our way out. And thus it was. 
because exports in the sector increased by 56% during the worst years of the crisis. And I think it's very, very important then that, you know, Lawler, who was from Raheen in County Leash, we remember him as well as all of the others that we paid tribute to over the last few years, Tone and Pierce and Connolly and others. And I think that as we come into the next in, into the next period, in 2019, we'll be celebrating, if you like, our first great, the first doll, with all its great promise of an island of security and an island that would, in fact, be able, of which we could be proud in terms of its inclusiveness. But the ploughing is, I think, something that... It has to do with the roots of Ireland. And thus, all of Ireland celebrated when earlier this year we had two great international wins. Eamon Tracy at the World Ploughing Contest and John Whelan in the reversible class. Trace Liam Lowe. So let us celebrate them again. <laughs> on a, when, we, when I was on a, a visit to Australia, one of the very last days, we had one evening free where I met some of my cousins. But my grandfather's brother, Patrick, immigrated with his sister in 1852 for Queensland. And he was a ploughman. And I have to tell you, he won the ploughing championships in the Darling Downs in Queensland, and he has a cup to show for us. Well, more accurately, his descendants have a cup to show for it. But I think as well, he had also the distinction... I remember his main thing when he was hired first was to look after Clydesdale horses. And that's why I always begin with the horses. That's where it all began. I think that the next three days will be three days of celebration. But also, I think as well, it gives us an opportunity. One point I've already said, someone was asking me a question. Doesn't it give such a great opportunity to collapse any division that there might be there between the people of rural Ireland and urban Ireland. Nobody in Ireland is very far from the soil. And more and more, one of the things that has given me great pleasure as president is to see, as one goes around to the schools, to see the way that children are being introduced to raise beds, that they know how food is produced, because we are all one people. And therefore, it's very important for us to realise that on days like the ploughing, it invites all of the people of Ireland to realise the importance of farming as a way of life and of the importance of we sustaining it and addressing its issues in a practical way. I think... Sometimes if you were looking at just the figures alone, yes, it is true that I mentioned during the crisis Irish food production increased by 56%, and yes, it is true now that Irish dairy, beef and Irish lamb are exported to 190 countries. But what are most important are farm families. And I think we are now together, not just together in Ireland, but together in Europe, but together globally, facing what will be our biggest challenge. How do we sustain farming as a sustainable way of life, rural communities as sustainable communities, and also address our challenges in response to sustainability for the planet. 
we have a responsibility to future generations. And no more than there is no difference between rural and urban in reality. There is no real contradiction between being responsible for the future of the planet and being responsible for farm families and responsible for farming. I think farming is a way of life that is viable and I also think as well. Recently a colleague, a former colleague of mine that I knew in UCG, Noel Russell, has said the issue about feeding the world For example, in 2050, 10 billion people will need to be fed. But they will be fed differently from the way that it has been in the past. There are issues about the availability of food. There are issues about the affordability of food. Issues about the way we utilize food. And issues of nutrition. And in all of the different stands here in the ploughing, all these issues are being addressed. And no one is afraid of the future. Farm families have always managed to turn around different difficulties. So also have people who live in rural Ireland. And yes, it is possible to use science and technology to meet all of these, these, these challenges. But what's also important, if people want farming to continue as a way of life, and I want to pay tribute to the people who are doing those surveys, pay tribute to the examiner and the ICMSA and others who do those surveys, We must provide security in relation to the future of the farm family as a model upon which agriculture is built. And that means we have to be willing to pay for it. We have to be willing in relation to when we're discussing issues of direct payment issues in relation to reform of the cap, issues in relation to carrying the costs of, in fact, being environmentally responsible. It involves a great partnership between the farming community, their organisations, and the state and Europe. I also think as well, nobody who works the earth every day knows better, I think, than the responsibilities we have in relation to the Paris Accord and in relation to what we have committed ourselves to in relation to sustainability. And I do think we must all get behind and expand and rework, if necessary, the government's national mitigation plan. And farmers are already doing it with more efficient breeding strategies, optimization of nitrogen use, new feeding strategies, and so on. And all of this is important. It is together we will achieve carbon neutrality by 2050, but we must do so in an intelligent, inclusive way. And I think always we have to bear in mind that if we don't, the consequences will fall on the most vulnerable. Now, this year, you'd be ridiculous not to realise that we have, in fact, a very unusual year, a very particular year for farm families. A wet and cold winter, one of the heaviest snowstorms in memory, a heat wave coupled with rare drought conditions, and then Storm Emma. Now, all of this means that there are particular problems, and we must take from that the necessity of planning for the future so that we're never just reacting for what were previously somewhat unique events. We must prepare for the future so as to be able to respond. And I know as well for tillage farmers, I have just come from the Chagas tent, and I know for tillage farmers they will see reduced yields this year. But equally, if we want to sustain those farm families, you cannot have a situation to allow to continue 
where the cost of inputs increases and the cost of outputs decrease. We need, that's what I meant by saying, at the European and global level, we need to be able to say, whatever it costs to sustain the farm family model, it requires assistance and should be assisted. I think for livestock farmers, very particularly facing into the crisis that I hope will not emerge, but the difficulties that are really there in relation to winter fodder supplies. And I want to very much support everything that is trying to be done by the Fodder Coordination Group. And I want to pay tribute to those who are participants in the GLOSS scheme. I think there is just one or two points I wanted to make. I was asked when I came today if there was anything I would wish for farm families for for the future year. I said, if I had one wish above all else, it is that you would have a year free of farming accidents. And that is my wish today. And I so join with those who are paying tribute to the farm, to those who have faced great losses. We must eliminate farm accidents. And we must work very hard to do so. I want to say one word because I have been speaking about those who produce food. Beyond production, there is distribution. And we really have to realise that a farmer is not just a food producer. He or she is a participant in rural life and a member of society, a custodian of the natural environment. And that that means we have responsibility never to abandon such people to the crude effect of market sources. I think the market is necessary, but the market must be fair and the market must be regulated. And I think really, if you want to sustain the farm family model, you must address how it differs from one region to another. I have been very sad myself when I was an academic to see the way that regional economic thinking slipped away off the blackboard completely. And if it did, because everyone knows regions differ, the weather this year affected regions differently and sectors differ. So therefore you need flexible policies that meet particular needs in particular sectors in particular regions. And I think as well, we are facing into something that we will be able to deal with But if we are talking about the future of the European Union or about the consequences of the decisions of our largest neighbour, if in fact one third of our exports in dairy go there and if 50% of our exports in beef, well then we must ensure that the regulations which our farming community have kept, the high standards that they have achieved, will be the ones that will prevail in our neighbour's economy as well. And that requires a great deal of attention. But I also want to say something else as well. And that is, it is, we should see food production as something that just doesn't involve those who produce. It deals with issues of availability and affordability and nutrition. And that means that the retail sector has responsibilities and we should not abandon producers to the vagaries of the retail sector, which is heading ever more towards conditions of monopolisation. It is not healthy in Europe, it isn't healthy anywhere, that the vast majority of retail profits would be going to a tiny centre that has no real responsibility for the larger problems of the efficient, sustainable 
production of food and nutrition and global hunger. And I think that is a very, very important issue. I know every year I have come here, and we know I've taught before I come. I often read about what's happening in farming, what's happening in agriculture. But it's a very healthy thing to come, because what you're getting really is an opportunity of encountering people who every day have the same problems that we all share in our society. Issues in relation to individual and family and social and community welfare. But it is very good for all of us to get back to the earth regularly, to get back and think, what are the values that are important? And the values that are important, what has come out of the whole history of farming and ploughing and everything in Ireland, is that our aim is to have sufficiency. Our aim is to have lawless security. Our aim is, in fact, not to feel at risk unnecessarily. It is not insatiable. And that's the difference between farm, family, agriculture in Ireland and a notion of the agricultural sector that has nothing to do with people. It is the people that matter. And that's why I hope all of you here today, I hope you take these three days of celebration of what is a great way of life, Irish rural life. And I hope all those that will listen to you will in fact hear what it is that you have to say. And I hope as well that we will all together be able, in fact, to address these issues that I mentioned. I have a final thank you to say to Anna May, and that is, last year, this year, Sabina and I wanted to honour Shona Casey and the plough and the stars, and we needed a plough. And I think we got a plough. Because the plough and the stars and the sculpture that we put, which is now in Oros and Uchtron, there is a plough there. And the plough is a Wexford star plough, manufactured in the 1930s by the Wexford Engineering Company. And it was given to us by Jerry King, a champion ploughman whom you will all know. And I hope you come and visit it and look at it. And it's there in celebration of the 1913 lockouts, making the point... The citizens of Ireland in the cities, citizens of Ireland in the rural areas, those who work with hand and brain, are all the one people. And the people who would support the workers' struggle in 1913, now we show the same courage in saying, we will not allow the farm family form of life to ever disappear, and we will put it into our policies and our thinking, so as to make sure... We will have many more visits to the ploughing, not just for ourselves, but for the generations to come. When Chanavos and ploughing, Augustarum, Augert, Gawilan, Octoshaktu, Linden, ploughing, Eroskal, Kahithagulinish. The 87th ploughing is now open. Enjoy every bit of it. Okay.